Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast episode 46. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello and Happy New Year. This is the first podcast I'm doing of 2019, and I'm actually recording it on New Year's Day because I was hoping to get more organized and do it over Christmas. However, you might be able to hear from my voice that it's a little bit different because I've had a terrible cough and cold. If you're like me, what tends to happen is the minute I stop or slow down, my body, I don't know what it does, but basically it just goes, oh, now we'll make you ill. And it makes me then take time off. So my Christmas and my new year were lovely, but just a little bit under the weather, which wasn't so great. But it did mean that I did stuff that I never do. Like I actually watched both seasons of The Handmaid's Tale in about two days. I'm not kidding you. Literally back to back, sat there all day, all night for about two days and just watched that. And it was amazing, by the way, if you are looking for something to watch. But I don't normally do that because one of the things that I feel and get frustrated about is that I don't have time for stuff like that. And what happens is I start watching it and I want to watch the next episode and the next episode, and then I'm completely hooked and completely taken in by it. So for me, I tend not to start even watching stuff like that or otherwise hours of my life just get zapped up when I could be doing much more productive things. So anyway, I've put this podcast off for as long as I could possibly leave it to try and get my voice back to some normality and it's getting there slowly. Anyway, let's get on with today's podcast and it's going to be a good one because I've chosen the new year and obviously all the good stuff that kind of happens at the beginning of a new year to talk about predictions for 2019. So I've got my crystal ball out, 
with the help of Google and some experts, and I've gone and found out what's going to be happening in 2019 or what we can expect from not just the social media point of view, but also from a digital marketing and a marketing point of view. So if you are a marketer in business, an entrepreneur, a social media person, this is going to be a great episode for you because we're going to cover all those good things off. But before I get started, I just want to quickly talk about the fact that we've got some amazing guests coming up. In fact, next week's guest is going to be a really good one. Next week, I have the pleasure of bringing you James Wedmore and he did not disappoint. You know, I'm a huge fan of James. I love his stuff. I think he's great for business people, entrepreneurs, marketers. He has some amazing things to say, and we had such a good conversation. It was so, so good, and I can't wait for you to hear that one. Now, to make sure you don't miss it, don't forget to go and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, so you can head over to iTunes or Stitcher, however you listen, and hit that subscribe button to make sure you are notified every time there is a new episode. Or you can also come and find me on social media if you haven't already, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm most active on Twitter and Instagram. And again, I always post when I'm doing a new episode, so you'll see that as well. But they come out every Monday, as hopefully you know by now. Anyway, let's get on to today's episode. We're going to be talking about the 10 predictions that I've got for 2019. Things that I think you should focus on or think about, or if you're not doing these things, then maybe just look into it and just see if it's something that will fit with your business. Because not everything is going to work for everyone, but I'm going to tell you what I think is the kind of key areas that you want to be focusing on in 2019. Okay, so these in no particular order, just 10 things that I've thought of that we need to focus on. So the first thing I want you to think about is I feel like there's going to be more personalization. Now, this has been happening steadily over last year, but I think this is just going to get more important and we're going to see much more of this. We now have the tools and technology to personalize things, to make our messages very succinct and direct to the people that we're talking to. So I think we're going to see less mass marketing campaigns and many more very individual, small, specific marketing campaigns. For me, one of the ways in which I will do this is I will use technology such as Infusionsoft, where I can track what people are doing. You can also use things like ClickFunnels and Drip, but I'm going to use these technologies so that I can see where people are downloading things, where they've interacted with stuff, if they've opened emails, closed emails, I'm also going to be using a survey tool soon, and the first part of my 2019 is going to be aimed at trying to understand my audience better. So it's great that I've built this audience up through lead magnets and building my email list, but now I want to really understand who you are and what you need from me, because ultimately I want to be able to serve you better and provide you with the things that you want. And I would like you to think about this for your customers. Do you know them? Don't presume you know them because as we've talked about before, this bit is so crucial. Speak to them, survey them, ask them questions, get to know them better, and then split that data up. 
make sure that you uh, have a way of dividing that data so you can market people with the things that they're interested in. Now, I feel like we get less tolerant, we have less time, we're busier, and therefore we haven't got time to waste on marketing messages that aren't serving us or aren't talking to us in the way we want to be spoken to. So the personalization is really going to help. So it's really about dividing that data, splitting it up and focusing on those small groups rather than mass marketing. The next thing that I feel is going to get even bigger in 2019 is voice search. Again, this has been getting more increasingly popular in terms of how we're using technology. We all have Alexas in our house, we have Siri's on our phones, and we are using voice search more and more. It was actually predicted, I read somewhere, that 30% of all web searches in 2020 are predicted to be voice-activated searches. So using things like Alexa briefings is another way in which you can sort of get into this market. Now I'm going to put in the show notes, there's a lovely lady that I follow on social media called Chelsea Pites, and she has put together a YouTube video on how you can create your own Alexa flash briefings. So I'm actually going to put that in the show notes, a link to that, so that you can have a look at that if this is an area that you think you want to work on. But it's just another different way in which we can market to our audiences. And depending on the type of thing that you want to do or the type of business you're in, a flash briefing might be a great way for you to get your message out there. Okay, prediction number three is less of a prediction and more of a certainty. So if you are in the US or marketing to the US, they are going to be bringing in their data privacy bill in 2019, which is going to be very similar to what we did here in the UK and in the EU in terms of GDPR. So obviously data is still really important. It's There's still a huge focus on data, how we're looking after it, what we're doing with it because of Obviously, a lot of stuff that's been in the press last year, obviously, Facebook came under fire a huge amount. And what they're doing is obviously the US are just bringing themselves to the level that the EU are at as well. So if you are in the US, do look out for that. Now, I am not an expert. I am obviously not in a position where I can give you legal advice. And in fact, I have not done any research on it yet. I just know it's coming. However, because it's so similar to GDPR, I'm hoping personally, because I do obviously market to the US, I'm hoping that the efforts that I've gone to to be GDPR compliant will actually still be covered and will tick the box as it were for this new US data policy that they're bringing in. So keep an eye out for that one in 2019. Prediction number four. This one, I think we've seen grow huge amounts and is going to keep getting bigger and it's influencer marketing. But I'm going to stick my neck out and I'm going to say that I feel micro influencers are going to be even more powerful and become more prevalent than they ever have been. Influencer marketing, if you don't know what it is, I'm sure you do, and we've talked about it before, but it's basically where you get someone who's got a good following on social media and has a presence to have your product or your service and talk about it and put it on their social media, and therefore their followers will come along and go, wow, that looks great, and they might use it as well. So for instance, a good example is Zoella. A few years ago, she teamed up with WH Smiths to do a book club. And some of the books that she mentioned reported increases in profit by up to 11,000%. Insane. So although that's wonderful and amazing, 
And Zoella obviously is doing amazingly well. She's really expensive. She is not an influencer that most businesses can go to unless you've got massive budgets. However, for every Zoella, there must be millions of micro-influencers that have really decent reaches, that have an influence over their audience, but don't cost the earth and don't cost what Zoella costs. So I really think that the micro-influencer market is going to grow. So basically, these are obviously just smaller people, smaller profiles, but you're not paying huge amounts of money to get your product featured with them. And I also think that and I think this is needed, not just a prediction, that obviously the rules around influencer marketing are going to get a bit stricter. And also I think that businesses and consumers are going to become more savvy to influencer marketing. I definitely think they are going to be thinking more about are these people genuine? Are they real? Can we trust their figures? I know and I've talked about it before, I'm sure that you can buy followers really easily. So when I see a really large following on a social media profile, the thing I go and look at is the engagement. Are they getting real engagement that I would expect to see for that number of followers? So I do think that obviously we're going to see an increase in the use of micro-influencers, but businesses are going to become way more savvy in terms of making sure they're picking the right influencers. Number, what are we on? One, two, three, four, five. Number five on my predictions. I should have numbered them. This next one follows on really nicely from the one we've just talked about. And this one is all about transparency. It's about basically being more open and more honest as marketers, as advertisers, as businesses. It's about showing people basically what it is you're doing and how you're behaving and the way in which you're marketing. I think we can all agree that with the things that happened last year and the year before in terms of advertising and Facebook and the elections and all that kind of thing, that people are starting to not trust things as much as they did. And also there are some businesses out there and some people out there who aren't as ethical as they probably should be. So I feel like they're definitely going to really embrace businesses. Consumers are going to embrace businesses that show that transparency, that show that honesty. And at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with trying to sell to someone if your product and service, A, does what you say it does, and B, helps them. No one is going to mind the fact that you're trying to say, hey, I've got this course coming out, I'm selling this product, I'm doing this service, and it can help you in these ways. So no one is going to mind you selling to them. And I therefore, I don't see it being a problem that we need to be more transparent. Now, one of the ways that transparency has already started is Facebook are introducing ad transparency on pages. So if you have a Facebook page and you advertise on that page or using that page, then as a consumer or a viewer, I'm going to be able to come onto the page and view what ads you're currently running. So that's going to be a really interesting one. Now, how many people will use it? I don't know. But maybe if someone was being unethical, this might make them think twice about it. So this is rolling out now. I haven't seen it in in situ yet, but obviously I've read a report about it and I'll link up to that in the show notes as well. Okay, number six. 
Again, it's something that's around currently, but I think it's going to get stronger, and that's chatbots. Now, I haven't got a chatbot, and I really feel like I should. I've dabbled in looking at it, and I've gone into ManyChat, and I've worked out how to use ManyChat so that I can help other people, but I've not actually done it for me yet. So that's definitely an area that I think I need to think about. But again, you've got to think about how is a chatbot going to serve you? What is it going to do? Now, one of the ways in which I've seen a really good use of a chatbot is for an event. And obviously people do tend to ask the same questions at an event, or there is certainly a large number of questions that overlap. So is there parking? Is there disabled access? Is there Wi-Fi? Whatever it might be. So actually, if you've got a good chatbot that can answer those questions for you, then you can save yourself a lot of time. So it's not just about marketing. It could be about service as well. But chatbots, I feel, are definitely going to grow and we're going to see more of it. But again, it's got to be good. This isn't going to replace people. This isn't going to replace customer services. It's just going to help speed up some of those processes that you repeat all the time that maybe a chatbot might be able to take over for you. So again, just have a quick think about that. 2019 prediction number seven. Now, this one is a bit more of a woolly one, I guess. It's not as specific as the others, but I've been reading a lot about this and I agree with what people have been writing, that they feel that marketing and PR are going to become even more overlapped than they have been. Now, back in the day when I started marketing, marketing and PR were two very separate things, two different skill sets two different parts of the business. And actually, unless you were in either marketing or PR, people often got them confused. And I have had clients in the past who will refer to me as a PR person, and I'm not. I've not come from PR background. My background is solidly marketing. However, with the introduction of things like influencer marketing and working more with consumers and understanding consumers more, I do feel like there is more of an overlap in terms of PR and marketing. And I feel like these are going to continue to get closer. And especially when it comes to things like social media, because actually I've seen this with some people that I've worked with and and people I've consulted for, that sometimes they've had PR people do their social media. And it's kind of a sticky point in terms of where that sits. Now, don't get me wrong, there are definitely an element of PR that is great on social media. However, there's also a huge element of marketing. So for me, having those two merge a bit more is definitely going to help platforms such as social media. So on to number eight, and this one might be a bit of a surprise because I'm talking about bricks and mortar companies. So businesses that have a physical location where someone goes to visit them or shop or eat or drink or whatever it might be. And I feel like if you are bricks and mortar, one of the things that you should be focusing on is experiential marketing, is the experience. Because even though digitally we can do so much, there is something that we can't physically do. We can't physically walk in and touch and feel the material on some clothes. We can't physically have a face-to-face contact with someone or talk to someone face-to-face. We can't smell things and touch things and taste things online, whereas we can when we go in somewhere. So for me, if you are bricks and mortar, one of the things I would be focusing on is how can you create more of an experience for people attending your location? 
How can you bring in those different senses, like I said, the smell and the touch and the listen and uh, the taste, and how can you make more of it and bring in some emotions around those experiences? Now, I read a report ages ago, and I can't remember who it was or where it's from, so it's going to sound like I'm just making this up. I apologize. But basically, they talked about consumers in their 30s, I think it was, would much rather spend money on an experience than an actual thing. So if you can create those experiences, then that's a way that you can bring people in. And I do feel that loyalty will be paid off here. So if you are looking after those people coming to shop, you're giving them that experience, then I feel that you will still get a loyal customer base that will keep coming back to you, even if they can get those things online cheaper. Number nine is a really nice one to follow on from this because it's all about community. And when we talk about community, we don't just talk about the people physically in our location. We talk about your online community, your email database, your social media following, your followers on Instagram, wherever it might be. And how are you serving that community? How are you loving them and looking after them and making them want to come back and engage with you over and over? And also, how are you then building that community so that they encourage and invite other people. What are you doing for them? Now, I take this really seriously in my business. And again, this is a big focus for us for 2019, along with getting to know them better so that I can personalize I'm also going to be building my communities. I'm going to be doing a more structured approach around a Facebook group. Now, two or three episodes ago, I'll link up to it in the show notes, we had Bella Vasta on who talked about Facebook groups, talked about how you can use them to help build that community. And she had this great saying that it it was something like, your Facebook page is your shop front and your group is like inviting them to your back garden for a barbecue or yard or whatever you call it in the part of the world that you're in. But it's basically, it's letting them behind the scenes. It's giving them more of you and having that more personal touch. So Facebook groups is going to be a big one for me this year. We're going to think about that and how we can create Facebook groups and what type of groups they're going to be and how I'm going to help and offer people some advice or strategies in those groups. But also we're going to be looking at how I can build my community more, what I can do to serve you, to help you, to support you so that you you can do better and have an amazing 2019. And I urge you to think of the same for your community. Now, try not to focus on numbers. It's really easy to think, oh, well, I've only got say a thousand people on your email list, or I've only got 400 people on my Facebook page or whatever it might be. However, are you loving every single one of those 400 people? Are you really looking after and being attentive and communicating to those people? Now, one of the things I'm planning to do in January, actually, is launch a course. And part of that course will be a Facebook group. And I have to say, I've worried, you know, what if I don't sell lots of these courses? What if in my Facebook group, there are just, I don't know, 10 or 20 or 50 people? Well, again, doesn't matter about the numbers. Love those people that are in that group. Give them the best value. Give them your attention. Because actually, I think people make the mistake of feeling like a community has to be a massive audience or loads of people, but it doesn't. Love those individuals that think you're awesome and 
make sure that you are serving them as well as you possibly can. On to my last one. Number 10 of my predictions for 2019 is around content. Yawn. I'm sure you're all like, really? Is that the final one? I told you they weren't in any particular order. But content this year, there's a few areas that I think you need to be focusing on or thinking about and a few areas that I think are going to be growing. Now, the first one is user-generated content, more user-generated content. What do I mean by user-generated content? I mean content that is created by other people. So a good example is one of the clients that we work with is a tourism department and we help them do their Instagram and we use a huge amount of user-generated content. So we're actively encouraging people to tag us in, to use a hashtag, and then we will share their content on our page, as in the client's page. And obviously for the client, it's ace because they don't have to pay photographers or videographers They can have lots of interesting and different and unique images and videos coming in all the time. And also for the person taking the photo, it's a bit of kudos. And also you can be seen. So if if our page has got a lot more followers than they have, then having their picture on our page can be a really positive thing for them. So again, think about your business. Is there a way that you can get your customers or prospects to generate content for you? And I'm not meaning, you know, write a blog post or whatever. It could just be taking a photo of when they're in your restaurant or wearing your clothes or going through your course or whatever it is. So actively encourage user-generated content, actively encourage people to either tag you in or use a hashtag. As I always do when I ask you if you're listening, I would love you to do an Insta story and I will share it to my Instagram followers. Okay, other things on content, and this is a bit of a yawn, but I'm sorry it's not going away. More live video, more live streaming, and it's all around this transparency and being authentic because you can't hide and lie or it would be very difficult to do on a live video. You are who you say you are. You are very much the person on the screen and therefore more lives, more quick content, Insta stories, Facebook stories. We want to see more of that sort of thing. So have a think about those things. How often are you doing it? I try and do an Insta story every day, at least one. I normally manage sort of two or three, depending on what I'm doing. And I don't always feature in them. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So the live video can just be more about what's happening or what's going on around you than necessarily you putting yourself on camera every single time. But obviously if you can, then great. So there you have it, my predictions for 2019 and what I think you need to focus on or think about in this coming year, some of the strategies that I'm definitely going to be using and the experts are predicting that this is going to be the areas that businesses should be focusing on. So I want to take this opportunity again to thank you for listening to the podcast and making it what it is. I love doing it and I can't wait to see what happens this year. Like I said, we've got James Wedmore on next week, which is a great start to the year. And I've got some amazing guests coming up as well. So I know you're going to get so much good content from this. And I would just want to thank you for listening and wish you a very happy new year and the most successful and amazing 2019. 
Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com.